Hi, and welcome to Practical Reliability. I'm George Williams, CEO of Reliability X. We are live at the 20, at the 35th International Maintenance Conference here in Marco Island, Florida. And my guest right now is none other than Angela Santiago. She is the CEO of the Little Potato Company. Angela, welcome. Thank you. Hello, George. It's lovely so to awesome be here. It's so awesome to have you down here. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, first, I mean, it's an amazing location, right? So who, yeah. who doesn't love to come to Marco Island? Yep. Um, but to have someone who is a business owner and a CEO um, of, a, of a fairly large food manufacturing facility, yep. for you to be here for this industry is amazing, first of all. So mm. thank you for coming to a conference like this. Oh, yeah. No, I, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> this is so cool. And and so we can give us a little bit of background. Who's the Little Potato Company? Oh, well, we're, we're celebrating 25 years. Um, and it's a company my dad and I started together uh, back in Canada, um, but we do now have a facility in the U.S. And what we do is we breed, grow, and market baby potatoes. And we sell them across North America in uh, your lovely retail stores. Awesome. And I, I got to tell you, they are delicious for those of you <laughs> that may or may not have tried those before. Um, they are packed full of tastiness and, and I love them. They're oh, good. And they're convenient, right? I, I mean, too. the convenience of, <laughs> yes. of just, you know, either throw them in the microwave or, or uh, steam them or whatever the case may be. Is, yep. so I like smash them and put the oil on them. I like doing that too yep. and then throw them in the oven. They're well, really good that way. One of my favorite ways is the leftovers. If you've had them the night before and I slice them up and then pan fry them the next morning with just salt and pepper, it's oh, just, oh, right. I know. With your eggs? Like, Oh, who doesn't love that? I know. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> okay, so um, you're at the International Maintenance Conference, yes. so we're going to definitely talk about maintenance and reliability. Yep. Um, what I'd love to understand is for for you, in in you know, as the business owners, the CEO of an organization, what brings you comfort from an equipment perspective? Like, what what what's your understanding of maintenance and reliability? Mm. Um. Weirdly, the first thing I will say is when I look at our production facilities, the number one thing I think of is, are the people that work there safe? Um, two is, are they cared for um, and feel like they are being valued and being productive? Um, and then with that is, is, are the assets doing the majority of the work? Um, are they um, not only doing the majority of the work, but are they doing the best work and working to their absolute um, capacity. Excellent. I actually love that answer because your first two focus on people. And I think folks miss that in this industry a lot. Mm. Oftentimes, they'll put uh, a preventive maintenance strategy together. It, everything's about the piece of equipment right. so much. And your answer is focused on people. And yep. I find that thrilling actually because we, you know what we try to do is focus on people because that's where success comes from but oftentimes people miss that and are focused mm. on the equipment and it's actually your last piece of that that's yep. I, I love it absolutely love it and I think it 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 demonstrates when you walk through a plant and people are calm and things are just working uh, you you know that things are, are operating well yep. based on that right yeah well, and it goes back to if your equipment's not working well or if it's not doing the majority of the work, how can you be caring for the people? Because then they're picking up the slack. Right, right. Um, so for me, it does start with the people. And, and the machines should do and complement them. Um, and uh, I think it comes from a background. My, you know, both my parents were immigrants to Canada, um, and they worked in in. Uh, low-income jobs to get going and um, and they worked really hard 
And so I see that a lot with the people that work in our facilities. Um, and I, I appreciate that and totally value that. And, and at the same time, I'm like, how can I help them feel more valued and feel more productive? And that's making sure that the machines and the equipment are doing their job. Outstanding, I love it, I love it, absolutely love it. So the other, th one of the other topics I wanna kind of bring up is um, a lot of our listeners are, you know, commonly people trying to push the boulder uphill. Mm. There are folks that are trying to convince their management team that improving reliability has business value. Right. They're not very good at articulating that. They're so bad at it, Angela. And it, it, like generally speaking, no. <laughs> they don't make a connection yep. um, between the benefits of what they do. Uh, and so they're still struggling and they're working in the space of, you know, doing it for the asset. Yeah. Um, so oh. if, if they're trying to convince management, what are some of the mm. things they need to focus on to articulate what reliability means to a plant? Got it. Um, so I will say, yes, they might be bad at selling it, but they are very passionate. Yes. Um, that hands down. Um, and I love that because that is infectious after a while. Um, oh, so first I'll probably talk about what I would probably see as some of the challenges. Um, so, and I'll kind of do it through a story of Little Potato Company. Um, we, uh, we were fortunate to have years, um, like almost double decade of double digit growth. And when you're in that, it's, uh, it's quite thrilling, very challenging, and you don't button down a lot of things when you're, when you're in that kind of high growth. And what happens is, is you, you, um, you, you throw things at it. You throw more time. Um, okay, well, I'll work 60 hour weeks instead of 40. I'll throw a second and third shift. Um, I'll hire more people. Um, oh, I got cash, I'll throw money at it. And at some point, um, one of those things will start running out. You only have 24 hours, so you run out of time or you burn out. Um, uh, you might come into a, a, a part of the, the cycle where there's a label shortage, so now you can't add more people to it. Or you come into a bad year and you don't have cash. Um, and then all of a sudden you realize, what else do I have? And that's when you start peeling back the onion and going, okay, well, how am I actually running my plant? And that's when you discover whole bunch of inefficiencies. Um, I had a, a very good friend of mine that went through a really difficult time uh, in his, uh, he had multiple restaurants and he said um, coming into a cash flow um, <clears throat> issue is one of the best blessings he's ever had because he uncovered a lot of waste. So when you run out of those things, time, people and, and money, you're faced with the reality of what you've built over 20 years <laughs> right, and right, going, right, right. what do you mean my sh machine's only running at half mass? What? So. Um, it's it, so it's what happens is the challenge is it's been probably years and years of bad habits and it's it's like well this is how we've done it I don't know how else to do it right right the second thing is is just looking at um, okay if we just make we look at this machine and this line and improve it it could double and that double capacity means this um, it's the simplicity of that, yet I know the work is hard. It's the simplicity of it that is almost a challenge because people are like, well, no, it can't be oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 <laughs> there's no way. You mean we've been doing it wrong for 20 years and it's that simple of a fix? Um, and I know it's uh, you know, a very holistic approach and I know it's a lot of things and it's not easy to do, 
but the answer is simple. And I think that's the other challenge. And I think that's why people in this industry get so frustrated because they're like, <laughs> and passionate at the yeah, same yeah, time, yeah, because yeah. they're like, no, it is that simple. It's common sense. Um, so uh, interesting that you asked me how to do this um, is I just reread the book uh, Cotter, uh, by Cotter on um, uh, the iceberg is melting and it's the eight steps of change. And um, what I took from that book again is, yeah, there are legitimate eight steps. And what we often do is we skip to fourth and eighth and seventh, yeah, yeah. and we don't do it in the, in, in the order. And there is a really good formula for it. Um, and so I would re really recommend reading that book again, simple read, you can read it in an hour or so. Uh, but that's a good reminder on not even in um, what your industry is dealing with, but in general, any kind of change, COVID, coming back to work, all of those things, when I look back at how we made changes, I'm like, we skipped some fundamental pieces. And that's why the change got clunky, it got resistance. Um, so I think following that formula is some really good advice, uh, but I can totally hear you. The, the other thing I would say is find um, people in the, in, in the business, uh, and it might not be necessarily um, uh, hierarchy, like it, it, in the organizational chart where you think, well, I just go up a step, up a step. Find other people in, in, in the company that see what you see, um, because they can help be catalysts in other parts of the company. I think that's a really great point. Oftentimes, folks in maintenance and reliability are trying to look, they, they articulate everything in terms of cost savings. And usually an organization has a, a safety goal and a quality goal and a financial goal and a customer goal and you know an employee engagement goal and a community outreach goal. Yep. And, and they oftentimes have whole departments that have objectives around those things. Yep. And oftentimes folks in maintenance and reliability forget to reach out to all of those other groups. Like a, an asset that's well maintained and just runs is, you know, you're much safer yep. around that asset. Yep. You are less likely to be injured executing a preventive maintenance task than you are an emergency breakdown, right? Right. And so go partner with safety. Your sales go, team. Right. Go yeah, all of those folks. Oh yeah. I, yeah. There's there's a lot that folks could learn in terms of just going to each of those departments, and listening. Right. Yep. So go sit down with finance and figure out you know, what their goals are and how they figure out cost to produce and what that means to your lines. Yep. Go talk to quality and figure out how your, how, what their goals are and how maintenance and reliability can help achieve their goals. Yep. And the more you partner with those other groups and help them achieve their goals, the better understanding they have of how maintenance and reliability can help the organization and, and develop that partnership. Yep. And I shared this uh, with my husband um, about a week or two ago. It was uh, the VP of sales that came to me and says, Hanchel, I've been hearing a lot about this work uh, with Reliability X and how some of our lines are not underperforming. And she goes, is that true? And I'm like, yes. And she goes, do you understand what that would mean for my team if that got fixed? So there's an example of someone in the organization, not in operations, probably steps in a plant once a year, um, is like going to be the you know one of the catalysts to help move this forward. I think that's fantastic, and oftentimes organizations are um, um, demand fulfillment organizations. You yep. wait for the order to come in, and then you figure out how to solution yeah. the order, as yep. opposed to a capacity 
um, organization where you're pushing sales to sell the capacity you have. Yep. Uh, and if you can be in that space, then life is great because you, you know you can sell product. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Get more salespeople, try harder, <laughs> sell yes. it. Right. Yeah. The other way around is you know oh my God we need new lines and and build this and add this and we can't you know add, throw people money yep. and time at exactly. it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, and and that's not very efficient way no. to do that. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of opportunity, you know, it, not just in manufacturing, but in other industries for folks to learn how to articulate what they do every day to yep. management. And I don't think they spend enough time doing that. I don't think they, um, what, you know, obviously in your position, you've got an awful lot on your plate and you're not necessarily um, um, having calendar time booked for maintenance folks, but you do walk the plan. And those folks should take the opportunity to say hi and, and yep. you know, yep. give you a brief update on what's going on and what they're doing and what their challenges are. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, one of my favorite things that I, I would did pre-COVID is um, a small group of people would walk me through the plant and they would very proudly say what's going, you know, really well. And then I would, you know, ask, well, what's your challenge? So I would understand and not so much to go and, um, Obviously, I can't fix it for them, uh, but I can support and give them resources for it. Um, and it was always a, a really good balanced conversation because it would be, here's what's going great, Angela, and here's some of our challenges. And, and for me to hear that firsthand from someone working on the floor is very powerful. Yeah, yeah it is one of the most important things for folks to do um, in the leadership role is to continue to walk the plant floor, continue yep. to talk to folks and engage them on a regular basis. Because that's the only way you really do understand the pulse of what's happening inside yep. the plant and, yep. and provide help, like like you said, right? Keep them safe, keep your quality high, and yep. let the machines do the work. Yeah, um, that's fantastic. I was going to note on the plant walk um, what is also helpful because I'm I'm talking from now my CEO hat for sure is um, I appreciate the reminders, um, and I'll get them often. Um, whether it's from you know maintenance people or a plant manager or hey can I take you for a walk through the plant um, nine out of ten times I'll absolutely like drop absolutely I'll do it um, and so but we get caught up in our own world right, right? in our own office and our meetings and planes and all that kind of stuff where that we forget to do that um, so I can say for me is I really appreciate the reminders I'm right. saying hey can I book you on a tour for the plant on Friday? I'd be like, oh, damn, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> So we good. like the initiative. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, we get caught up in our own stuff, too. Yeah. Well, I think it's amazing, you know, that you're uh, approachable to that extent because some, you know, in some cases, folks may not be as approachable. Um, and, and so partner, partner with folks, focus on things outside of just the equipment. Yep. Um, you know, from the CEO standpoint, what do you expect from the maintenance team? Like, what are your expectations of them? Um, <clears throat> it's probably one of those areas that when you don't hear about them, <laughs> things are going really well. And that sounds bad, but it, I, there's, it, it also is said for a lot of other things. I don't hear from the finance team when things are going super duper well, um, HR. Right. Um, so there's a lot of components, service components in, in, a, in a company that when things are going super well, it's just, you know, 
quiet. Yeah, I um, I want yeah. you bored, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. the goal is have you yes. bored, right? Yeah. If you're bored, yeah. then things are yeah. going fantastic, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So they're they, they are about the the risk management and preventative part of something going bad. Um, and uh, I also think when it's done really really well, they're ahead of the game too. So. Uh, and that's the other component that we probably don't see in a lot of those service parts or departments of a company like finance and, and uh, HR and, and maintenance, um, is that they can also get ahead of the game. Um, and when you see that, they're up on the front and they're thinking things uh, further ahead than just that moment. Um, and that's when you do hear from them on, okay, design and design components, whether it's in maintenance or operations or in HR or finance, they're thinking strategically. Um, and that's the part that I don't think a lot of us hear about or um, encourage. Um, and I think it's super important because that that's part of preventative, but it's because it's ahead of the game. Right, right, yeah. right. I think that's awesome. And I think it's, it's really good that you expect people to chase after those things, right? I mean, they, they should be forward thinking in what they're trying to achieve yeah. and continually improving the plan on a regular basis. I think a lot of maintenance and reliability folks struggle with understanding that their job is not just fix it when it breaks or to PM it, yeah. but your job, quite frankly, in, in your case, it, your job is save the potato, feed the world better, right? So, I mean, that's, that's yeah. the, what's under the logo, yeah. that's the yeah. mission of the company, yeah. That's your job, whether you're maintenance, the janitor, the VP of finance, or yep. you know somebody in procurement. I mean, that's that's exactly. the job, and that's the hat you have to wear every yep. day. Yeah. And I think folks in the maintenance space don't take advantage of that either. So when they talk to senior leadership, they're not using the mission of the company and how what they do helps achieve the mission of the company. Yep. I think that's another area that yeah, folks could, absolutely. could do better. Because if your purpose is truly alive uh, in the company, everybody's working, doing something towards it. Every individual can contribute to that. Um, yeah, so that, that's a really good point, I love that, yeah. Excellent, yeah. well, we are just about out of time, Angela. Thank you so much for joining us on Practical Reliability. Oh, you're welcome. Absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you, George. All right. <laughs> All right, so for uh, Practical Reliability, uh, I'm George Williams. Go make tomorrow better than today. The Certified Maintenance Manager Workshop is a groundbreaking course that will transition the way you think about asset management. This course is constructed of 18 modules aligned with the skills required to become a certified maintenance manager. You will leave this session with a clear understanding of how to align with operational expectations and attain the stability and control that is required to enable maintenance. This advanced workshop is designed for any team and or individual who is a stakeholder in the management of maintenance. This series of 18 sessions will alter our perspective on what it takes to manage maintenance and deliver the aim of our organization. The knowing of the CMM is aligned with Uptime Elements Framework for Asset Management. For more information, including dates and locations, including virtual offerings, go to www.reliabilityweb.com events and click on the Certified Maintenance Manager icon.